financially it wasn't viable at that time that I wanted to kind of pull the trigger and, and build this out. So I went, okay, what can I do to learn as much as possible? What can I do to progress this as much as possible and just become a, a, a better entrepreneur? What a difference three years in a global pandemic makes. Graduating from E4All some four years ago with a new product idea that few individuals would find success in, let alone on the South Coast, Kevin Rose is rapidly cementing a legacy. Running a business wasn't foreign to him. What would be the challenge, however? Running a trucking company when the world shut down while watching the success of his hemp-infused product line fly off the shelves. Kevin joins us for his second time on the podcast to share his transformation, plus how that led to a recent deal with JCPenney. If you enjoy today's episode, please say thanks to Kevin, check out his store, and share this podcast on social media. You can find this podcast on every app that you listen to podcasts on, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe there. Leave us a review on any of those platforms. Join the mailing list, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Okay, let's get into the episode with Kevin. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm happy I can help you continue to grow this this podcast. I think it's an awesome uh, thing you're doing. So yeah, it's cool to be a part of it. October 11th, 2018 was when you were on. So nearly three years ago. Wow. And uh, episode six, I can imagine there's a lot has changed uh, for you and your brand. You're sitting in a 2000 plus square foot space, which you didn't have back in 2018, or at least I don't think so. What the heck's going on with your brand? What are you, what are you doing? What's it like three years? Uh, yeah. So still plugging away at it. Interestingly enough, from our conversation, when we were talking about the effort to build out the flotation therapy uh, center and you were like, oh, you don't want to you know, put that in a mill that wouldn't be conducive to the overall vibe. And that actually kind of stuck in my brain of like, oh, maybe, maybe I can start looking at that for the product side. So as we continue to grow, I, I always kind of kept that in the back of my mind just for the logistics aspect. And as of August last year, I ended up pulling the trigger on on this facility. We're in a mill in the southern in Bedford. And it's really been game changing just to have everything in one space and, and being able to invest kind of everything within myself, like here, like it's just, this is unplugged zone. So it's, it's, it's been a really, a really, really cool journey. And yeah, it's just super exciting times. For the listener, if you uh, haven't seen what Kevin's been up to uh, on the internet, on his social media, on his Instagram and stuff like that, he's, he has an upcoming, I'll use my words first. You'll expand on it later. I'll have, you have an upcoming deal with JCPenney. It's going to happen, kick off in 2023, but I remember back in your e for all days, again, in episode six, we talked about, again, these flotation devices, you're walking into a store and my gut feel is, and correct me if I'm wrong for the listener, but you sort of moved to maybe more of like, a, hey, I'm just going to sell products online. Like that was a bigger and better business for you than buying these devices, getting people to come in and you sort of exploded on the e-commerce side. Am I getting that? fairly yeah, correct yeah that that's so like the thought process behind it i mean at the end of the day i'm super passionate about floating and i'm super passionate about offering that as something under what we do but kind of taking a step back the idea was financially it wasn't viable at that time that i wanted to kind of pull the trigger and, and build this out so i went okay what can i do to learn as much as possible what can i do to progress this as much as possible and just become a a, a better entrepreneur and 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 really kind of what is it feed as many birds with with one scone right so the idea was okay what is floating what are the core principles what i'm trying to achieve with the brand and then that was 
the beginning of the development of the product. And then it's just been like, okay, what am I learning about marketing? What am I learning about my customers? What am I learning about what the brand look and feels like? Because the end goal is still to facilitate an experience for people, the wellness center, float center, the variations I'm playing with some ideas as we move forward. And it, it just, it just was a, a passion journey for me that has just allowed me to continue to grow as a person as well as grow the brand. So being all in with it, it's just really been just a fun journey. And, and I'm just happy how, how much it's grown. And on the JCPenney side, we actually, they just started with the 10 stores. So just a little caveat there. We started with 10 stores across the nation and online. And uh, yeah, we'll be in uh, all 600 stores in, I think it's by early 2023. I want to get to how you made that connection because maybe somebody listening to this is is thinking about well maybe even getting into JCPenney themselves but or or another brand and connecting with a really well-known nationwide if not global brand but first I want to put you on the hot seat for a second I remember I remember vividly anyway talking in our original episode that you were you were still trying to get go through the paces of like ah oh, man I need to get out there on more social media I need to get on more podcasts I just need to do things more in public so people can hear the story. And maybe you were maybe a little timid at that time because you were just kicking off. How has that changed for you? <laughs> more confidence, getting out there more, pushing it out in the brand. Tell me how you feel as as the Yeah, no, I, I feel I feel really good. It, it I mean, obviously being in the position that I am now in the businesses now, I, I have a little bit of a kind of a gold star on <laughs> on my on my sheet. Interestingly enough, like with the social media uh, in, in particular, I always had a, a little bit of an issue kind of with the marketing side of, of, of the business and, and what we actually did, especially like for our like Instagram and Facebook, I really slowed that down as far as content. I mean, at the end of the day, the objective of what the brand is, is to allow people to unplug. And I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm basically feeding you content and, and plugging you back in. So I really dived into like in-person connections, a lot of email stuff, a lot of stuff where it's like, if you choose to engage with what we do in, in my journey in, in the business, then I like to engage with you. And then that's given me confidence because people are very receptive to that. And then just like in-person connections and, and really kind of going like, how can I express the brand as efficiently as possible? And that's kind of given me confidence where now we're doing some bigger events and doing some things. So it's it, I kind of did it backwards in a way, but I think it, it feels more genuine and I think it resonates with people better. And it's a perfect use case. Tell me if how accurate this is. We don't all have to be online 24-7. I mean, you have to have a website. You have to be able to be found. You have to have that presence. Absolutely, a thousand percent. But there's this hamster wheel, maybe even something that's <laughs> detrimental to our health, of you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm doing live streams, I'm posting photos, I'm doing videos, I got a YouTube channel, I got a podcast, and it's this constant push for more likes, more clicks, you know, and if you're, if you don't have a staff, a team to like corral all that stuff for you, number one, you're super busy, but number two, maybe you're like just trying to do too much. And the emotional swing of things is you see another brand doing it. And I'm guilty of this all the time. Like I see other podcasters, like how did they get 30,000 likes on that photo? And I've got two. Right. And there's like this emotional thing where you're just like, ah, it's just it's draining. It's stressful. Is that a fair assessment to maybe why you quite literally unplug from the chaos of all in on social media? Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I think you summarized it perfectly. Not only the objective of the brand 
in, in what I'm trying to do. But at the end of the day, it was like the amount of time and energy to put into social media and everything that you just said. What does that correlate to getting people to actually engage with what I'm trying to do and understand? And where can I put that energy within the business that will be more valuable, not only to me, but to the customer? So that that's kind of the approach that I took and it was scary. We've grown since. And I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm never going to go back or the business is never going to go back on social media, but I want to be as mindful and as intentional and as add, add as much value versus it being what everybody's doing and posting three times a week, three times a day and, and, and just doing that. It, it, I think the masses understand that like you're not sticking out. You're not being an outlier. You're not growing your brand by doing what everybody else is doing. And again, I would say that you probably anchor a lot of this stuff on a great product, first and foremost, because not everyone has a great product, so they have to keep promoting 24-7. They have to, not that they, not that there's anything wrong with that. They Maybe they're getting the product better and they're you know, sort of going through those paces, but you have a great product. You have great packaging, branding, which I think I'm not an expert in sort of the sort of direct-to-consumer market or anything like that, but I look at what you had built back then and today, and I say great, you know, product, great packaging, great branding. That what adds to me adds a lot of value and a lot of clout where you don't need to be shoving it in front of everyone's faces. How did you maintain everyone's favorite question? How did you maintain an in-person unplugged experience through a global pandemic <laughs> when everyone was quite literally forced to go online and not be in person? Did you have any wins in that? Well, I just went to work for, for so, which we talked about briefly on, on the previous podcast. I've owned a trucking company for about six years and greatly affected the trucking company with COVID and everything that was happening. So I actually slowed a lot of my attention in, in that just because the work wasn't there. And then I started to build Unplugged efficiently and as mindful as I could as you know time went on and as the business started to grow. With everybody kind of going digitally in the sense of like the consumerism of it and everything's pretty much online, what I did is I doubled down on looking at what people or what businesses were doing and reaching out to distributors and reaching out to people looking not with what's going on in the next three to six months, what's going on into the next year. So I was thinking kind of bigger picture with the business rather than just pumping out content and be like, hey, look at what we're doing. I was going, okay, we're in the self-care space. I think we could use it right now and we have accessibility to it because of the time and what's going on. And that was kind of like the overall message and just trying to communicate with the customers. But on the back end, because we weren't posting so much on social media, I was really going and, and, and because, and thank you very much on the compliments on the product, because I feel so confident in the products, I was like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow. And, and, and luckily, I got a few people that, you know, really enjoyed what we do. Without uh, revealing your secret sauce or secret approach to scaling the business over the last couple of years since we last talked, is there something that you, I, I think, through eForall, through countless other sort of open air market spaces and events that have happened. I've seen a lot of products that people are building locally, which I just had no idea existed for everything from apparel to stuff like what you're doing to soaps and all these other things that people are building. What What is some advice or is there an approach that you can share where you say, you know what, my best approach is I go to a distributor and 
I make friends with them. I don't know a better phrase to put it. Like I build a relationship with them. I literally call them up and say, I got this product. Is this interesting to you? Do you go to a retailer and say, pick up the phone and say, hey, do you have retail space for this? Or I just love to demo this product to you. Is there anything that you can point somebody else who's a product maker like yourself, a physical product maker like yourself to say, this is the best thing that I did over the last couple of years to start making these inroads? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and and interestingly enough, I've tried all of the things that you've mentioned to some success and, and some things that I had to pivot with that. I think for me and I think for a lot of businesses, if you look at what you're trying to do, investing as much time and energy in the packaging and reducing, or I would say, your raw materials, right? And, and the reason for that is that allows you to use being a self-funded startup and, and usually people starting from the beginning, you don't have a lot of capital to invest in marketing or to invest in really getting the brand out there. But what you can do is try to make the experience as professional as possible, bring your cost down as much as possible, and then you can leverage your product and get it into the hands of people, right? So if you're making a good product, then you can make it as, as cheaply, right? Not that it's a cheap product, but making it as cheaply as possible. Now you can leverage that to get that in the hands of people that are making decisions. And then that's how you can kind of scale. So it's like, okay, what's the best packaging, which I might be changing the packaging. Actually, speaking of that, just for the logistics side, but you know, what, what, what's the best thing? Do you mean like the materials, I, the materials yeah, of the packet? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what, yeah, what are the materials that I'm using? How can I present it in the best way? possible and is it scalable where am i sourcing it and just really looking at it maybe because i come from trucking it was all logistics on that side and i think that's what really helped turn the corner because now i can put the product in people's hands a lot easier and, and use that as more of a marketing marketing opportunity versus trying to do once again social media and marketing and doing the products and doing everything else i, I just try to consult everything that i did in, in, in hyper focus on kind of one aspect that touches them all yeah. I know manufacturing was a, is a massive, was a massive industry in, in our corner of the world centuries ago, <laughs> quite literally probably. And I'm curious as a, a local business owner and somebody who, who does give back, I mean, I know you're, you're a lot more involved in, I see you speaking at other events up and down the state. How do you try to keep these types of decisions locally if possible at all? Like, I don't know anything about the packaging industry or are there places you go to locally to say, hey, I need better, more affordable packaging here. Or in my head, like, man, I don't know of anything like that around here. It, it must be a nationwide thing that you'd have to go to to really make those optimization decisions. Yeah, it's it's just research. It, it's just research. Like some, there's actually a company that for our bags we work. They're out of Boston, so it's like right in South Boston, like Blue Blue Hills area. And it's actually an international company, but no minimums. They have some ton of value add in, in that aspect. And then with the manufacturing side, we do um all of our soaks in house. I actually outsource our new products, our body balm, uh, excuse me, our muscle balm and body butter. It's our recipes, but I outsource that once again, just kind of doing the cost analysis of okay, making it in-house versus um, outsourcing that. But it, it, it just is, once again, looking at social media and investing time and energy in that or optimizing your business, right? Like not all the wins are seen on the front end. It's doing the work on the back end and building the foundation. Yeah. I want to get to the JCPenney thing in just the next question. But one thing that I've seen, I mean, any, anyone listening to this has seen price increase across the board for a lot of things. Ironically, though, not for podcasters. <laughs> like I, I haven't been able to raise my prices, but I've seen everyone else around me raise their prices. There's a, a backpack. I, I love backpacks. I love you know, just like 
I always research these things. And I, I have a backpack from a company called Brown Buffalo out of California, sort of like a handcrafted small batch kind of like backpack company, really high quality stuff. It was already really expensive when I bought it a couple of years ago. I think the backpack was 300 bucks. And now his backpacks are going to like 400 425 uh, because of the materials. And he did like a whole live stream uh, on it the other day on Instagram about like sourcing the Cador materials and just the increase in the industry. Your thoughts, has that impacted you, costs, prices going up, et cetera? Not yet. Luckily, once again, kind of like what we were just speaking about, I, I fortunately was in a position where pretty much any dollar coming in, I just reinvested in the company. So in the beginning of the pandemic, we were uh, a little short on some of our raw materials for our salts. But I, as soon as that kind of started to happen, the moment I had the opportunity to buy the most amount possible, I was buying 2,200 pounds, essential oils and gallons and, and just trying to get ahead of it in looking at that might be something that happens in the future. Even still, I hope it doesn't. But the, the goal is I rather take a little bit out of uh, my profits within reason and, and try to make sure I can get my product in as many hands as, as, as I can just because of the value. So how do you come about the JC Penny deal? Are you knocking on doors and looking for brands? Do they find you? How did it all play out? So they uh, found us. So Beginning of the pandemic, we were trying to figure out what the next step is for the business. My trucking company was kind of wishy-washy and it was like, all right, I'm all in on Unplugged and I have to make sure, you know, I want to grow this as much as possible. And like I said, I started researching, reaching out and researching distributors and different options that I could do to reduce some of my cost of goods sold. And uh, I reached out to a distributor out of California. I believe they're international as well. It's called The Landing. And uh, it was kind of like a, a paid service, but I, I just kind of went all in and they pitched us to a few different brands and we got passed on a few, a few maybe laters. And with what JCPenney is doing now, it, it just it just worked like it's one of those things is good timing, probably a little bit of luck in, in a few years hard work leading up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes an overnight success. How did he yeah. do that? Oh, I don't know. Just look back at the 20 years he's been just doing this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, talk to me about, for the folks who don't understand, because I certainly don't, but the, this distribution model, you knock on a distributor's door, what do they do? They represent a bunch of brands, and then they try to sell your brand to retailers. They make a little bit of money, you make a little bit of money, and everyone's just trying to make a little bit of money in that in that scene. How do they... How do you just connect? Can any district? Can you just call up any distributor and they just have an application program? I'm starting to think of like trying to pitch a movie deal. It's like the same thing, like trying to knock on. Somebody, I got this great script. Do you want to turn it into a movie? Yeah, no. Now, especially, I mean, because e-commerce is so huge. Now there's so there's probably, I mean, just the ones that I've engaged with at least five to ten, where it's like an application process, or retailers can go and they'll have like almost like a Facebook or a LinkedIn type profile so you put your stuff up on there some have fees in which okay you got to pay x amount for the year and then you can have access to these brands and you can pitch these brands and and that was the avenue um that i chose to to go for unplugged uh maybe it's not for everybody but because leading up to it bringing down the cost of goods sold to go okay the value add of moving a hundred units versus a thousand units at a lower price point that 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 made sense for us yeah and they 
again, without having to give it any, anything away that you don't want to give away, did they purchase the inventory from you and it's already accounted for from your end as sold in your system? Or do they, do you ship the product to the distribution company and then you wait for them to sell it to the other It varies. It, it varies depending on, on, on the deal. We're actually working on a few of the deals coming into 2022, which I'm super excited about, but it, it varied, it, it varies with the uh, one, with one of the deals, it, it works the first way you mentioned and then another deal that works the second way you mentioned. So I think it kind of depends on then where your brand is and if you can cover that, the time period in which you're waiting for capital, that, that all kind of depends. Was that experience easier or harder than you thought? I, I feel like sometimes maybe it could be a crippling thought process for somebody to go through like, oh, how am I ever going to get this out to a distributor? I don't, I don't know anybody. I don't, I don't think they'll ever take me. Like, did it end up being a little bit of a smoother easier process somewhere down the middle pretty difficult you tell me i'm just a guy trying to do a thing yeah. man and it's 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 just like all right like it it i didn't know what to expect like i i feel so green for the for the most part like i'm just kind of trusting my gut and going like i'm passionate about this and and i i want to grow this thing and okay is this what normally people do and i got an offer or okay we're going to do this type of split uh 63rd uh 6040 7030 and i go okay let me see research what what's normal let me like and and, and just kind of learn it for the most part i mean i enjoy learning as much as possible so for me it wasn't necessarily daunting i could see how it, people could get overwhelmed with that but it's just go for it man like if if anybody's in the process and that's something that they want to do like it's not unattainable right like and and, and that's partially why i want to work with other entrepreneurs and working like by no means do i think i've reached a part where um, my brand is as successful where like, people can follow what I do, but like, Hey, I'm just a guy trying to do a thing. And whoever you are, you, you can do the same thing. Like I, by no means do I think I'm special. It's just a matter of, of trusting the process and, and being passionate about what you do. I, I'm sure you've, now that you've been mentoring at Efrol and just like being in the, and had been in business for many years at this point, but you hear other startups, especially locally where they're just, ah, I'm not, I'm not good at selling. And they get sort of stressed out at like promoting or pitching themselves or especially like trying to sell their product because yeah, it's just all these like these thought processes. And it's just, well, have you even tried to ask for the sale yet? <laughs> just, just ask, right? Like we start with that. Let's at least try to ask for the sale. Sometimes people get so crippled on it. It happened the other day. I was at a local place and they were doing like this fundraising drive and like I checked, like I bought something and then they, they checked out like, oh, we're doing like this holiday thing. So the next time you come in, if you want to buy this thing for $25, it'll help support us. I'm like, you should have just asked me in the beginning. I'll, <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it right now. Yes, 25, swipe my credit card again. But you should have just asked me at the beginning. And I know I could tell it was just like, well, I'm already buying something. So that person was like, oh, I'm afraid to ask for this other 20. So the worst thing somebody could say is no. And that's how you sort of start building up this this thick skin around it. When JCPenney lists you on the website, uh, I think I heard you say that they're going to do the JCPenney e-commerce side as well, in stores yeah. and e-commerce. Yeah, it's live right now. You can go check it out. <laughs> okay, yeah, right now. Go to JCPenney and search for uh, Unplugged Essentials. What is that process? Like they're going to sell right from 
the distributor? I mean, they're going to ship right from that distributor or do you know? So they, they, that, that was part of the, so the fulfillment for the 10 stores and the online, which I actually had to resell or excuse me, ship another order. So it was doing pretty well for the haul. So I've been kind of pointing a lot of our customers to go like, Hey, like support us there. Obviously it's, it's not a monetary thing, but just show support about the collaboration. But yeah, no, it's pretty much, it was fulfillment for the stores and the e-commerce. They have their own facility in which they ship out nationwide. That's awesome. And how are you prepping for the holiday season coming up with your store? Any deals or new products coming down the the pipe that you're shipping just before the holidays to get people excited? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, we have a, a bunch of stuff going on. So we are doing a recovery gift set. I'm actually debating on going over and, and grabbing it so I can show you. <laughs> but yeah, that should be up hopefully um, by the weekend. So it'll be all single soaks of all of the essential oil blends or the scent profiles. And then for in-person um, events, we have two big pop-ups. We're doing one in the seaport and that's going to be from November uh, 19th to January 2nd, pretty much seven days a week. Um, I'm super excited about that. It's uh, called. So you'll makers. be there seven days a week, all the way through the holidays. Yeah, man. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's it's a passion project. I, I have yeah. a few people working with me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're uh, running and gunning. And then I have another pop up as well on Newberry Street in Boston, and that's with an organization called Black Owned Boston, which we've done a few pop ups with them, and and it's an awesome like nonprofit that really helps grow some brands. So yeah, just exciting times. I think I'm going to do some, some, some good deals as well for our like loyal customers strictly through our website and email. But for the most part, it's just, what's the best website that they should visit going into the holidays? Do you want to send them to JCPenney? Do you want to send them to your website? Where um, do you want to send yeah, them? I, I, we have a decent amount of inventory. I know JCPenney, uh, a few of the, the the products were a little low. They don't have our full catalog of, of products at this time. So yeah, jcp.com. You can see us at unpluggedessentials.com. We're also working with Bespoke Post, a lot of primarily like a mail subscription box service, and we've done some stuff with them. But easiest, probably come find us and then, yeah. Before I let you go, I want to know a little bit more about the physical space you're in. I think last year-ish, you messaged me. You're like, hey, I'm going to do a whole like podcast media center. <laughs> I was like, man, what's this dude building? He's building like a whole studio there. Tell me about the space. Like what varieties of things are you hoping to deliver through the physical space aside from maybe somebody coming in and actually buying product? Yeah. So primarily it's a manufacturing. It's the office. I'm here now. It's, it's the office. So we do manufacturing out of here. Office. I've created a little podcast area, which unfortunately I have one podcast up. It's on our YouTube, but it's just been so crazy. And it was interesting because I started it right before the JCPenney deal. So I'm like, I feel like something good's going to happen. I really want to start this, this podcast. And then literally within two weeks, it's like JCPenney, they need a ton of units and I went crazy and I told you <laughs> to start really... a podcast. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my, my timing was bad. And then I also have a, a workout area. It's, it's basically like an unplugged cave of the things that kind of just is what we're all about. So we work out here. I have a few students that I still teach kickboxing. We do some yoga here and it's just a, just a cool little space that helps me be creative and helps grow awareness of the brand and just, just, a cumulative voyage on some guy chasing his passion. So maybe not uh, like an open retail space. Anything no, 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 not, not, not yet. We're, I've, I've really, 
I've really wanted to do that, but it, it just, for, for where we are now and like we have a loading dock and like we're at a different scale with the product side, but I'm, I'm working on something that hopefully next time we talk, hopefully it's, it's within three years, but I, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> more about it. That's awesome. Kind of segueing to the unplugged float side. All right, Kevin, one more time. Where can folks go to buy the product, check out all the stuff for the holidays coming up? So unplugged essentials so past tense essentials.com that's the easiest and then we'll be at the seaport snowport on november 19th to january 2nd seven days a week it's an awesome event around 80 no excuse me 60 vendors and yeah that's uh that's a wrap for me thank you Awesome stuff for everybody. Southcoast.fm if you want to subscribe to the podcast. Not if you want to subscribe to the podcast. You want to subscribe to the podcast. Go to southcoast.fm slash subscribe. If you have a moment in time, share it with others on social media. Let's let's help get this podcast found a little bit more. Maybe I can get back to doing more episodes. Thanks thanks for Kevin for reaching out or else there wouldn't be another episode probably until uh, the new year. But we have some things cooking. Look, if you know somebody who'd be a great guest on the show, please reach out to me. Again, southcoast.fm. If you want to be on the show, reach out to me. Uh, and I have a few other folks lined up, which is kind of exciting to co-host the show. So you might hear some new voices co-hosting the show, interviewing other entrepreneurs on the South Coast. Don't be shy. Talk about your, sh- uh, talk about your business on the show, southcoast.fm. Thanks, everybody.